Welcome to the We Are Here for Good podcast. I'm Pastor Jen Fite from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Howard, Wisconsin. And we remember that as the body of Christ, we are here for good and we are better together. Through this podcast, I pray that you are connected with God's word and hear God's good news for you and for all people. And I pray that you're connected with one another as well, hearing God's word together. Today, our Bible study is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 14, verses 22 through 33. This reading directly follows the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000 with five loaves and two fish. And we heard this story as a part of our Unraveled series series earlier this spring. In the podcast earlier this spring, I focused on the response and reaction of Peter, but today, as we hear this reading, I want us to focus on what this miraculous story tells us about about Jesus, both about his power and his authority and his relationship with us and his relationship with all of creation. Today we are smack dab in the middle of the Gospel of Matthew, and as I said, Jesus has just fed a lot of people. And before that, he just heard that John the Baptist was beheaded by Herod. It has been a very tiring 24 hours for Jesus, to say the least. People have been healed left and right. People have been fed. The disciples have experienced firsthand what the kingdom of God is like. And now as evening sets in, Jesus seizes the opportunity to step away from his disciples and to step away from the crowds. Today, I will be reading from the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible. It is the translation that we regularly use in worship at Good Shepherd. And I invite you to open up whatever Bible you might have with you or to look up the passage online. As we read this story, what details catch your attention? What words or phrases pique your interest? And if this story was your introduction to Jesus... What does this story tell you about who he is and what he is about? We'll break this reading into two sections. First, from Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 27. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray When evening came, he was there alone, but by this time the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning he came walking toward them on the sea, but when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost, and they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Immediately, immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side. Now remember, Jesus has just fed 5,000 men plus additional women and children. They've just collected the 12 baskets of leftovers. Night is falling and immediately Jesus forces the disciples to get in the boat. It's kind of funny because the disciples had wanted Jesus to force the crowds to leave, 
just a few verses before. The disciples wanted Jesus to send the people away, but now the disciples are being sent away. Jesus made them get in the boat while he handles a few thousand people and sends them home. And then Jesus goes to the mountain to pray. In the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew loves to link Jesus to Moses and to the story of the Exodus. And you remember that Moses went up on Mount Sinai to speak with God and to receive the commandments. We encounter God in these remote, high-off places. And we expect Jesus to have a holy encounter with God, too, as he goes up to the mountain yet again to pray. Time goes by, Jesus prays, and the disciples are halfway across the lake. They are battered by the waves, and the wind is not cooperating. It's not an unusual thing for storms like this to spring up out of nowhere on the Sea of Galilee. Many of the disciples were fishermen, so they would have been used to being stuck out in a storm like this, although probably not in the middle of the night. But it's more that it's already been a long day. In the morning, they heard that John the Baptist died, then Jesus healed everyone in sight, and then they served as waiters for the biggest meal ever. Nothing about today has been easy. And this boat ride won't be easy either. They can't go where they want to go. Do you ever feel like the wind is against you? Does it ever feel like the whole world is against you? That is where the disciples are at as they're being battered by the wind and the waves. And early in the morning, before dawn, Jesus comes walking to them on the sea. Again, if this is the first that you were hearing of Jesus, what would you make of this? So often we talk about Peter and his temporary ability to walk on water, and we overlook this news that Jesus can walk on water during a storm. In Jesus' day and age, the water, the seas, were often equated with chaos and the unknown. Even today, the seas are still largely unexplored, and and many depths are unknown to us. So Jesus' ability to walk on water suggests dominion over the seas. Jesus is able to manage and to control the chaos. And only God can do that. Think of the story of Jonah and how the sailors threw Jonah overboard to appease his God and to calm the seas. Only God has power over the wind and the waves. We humans are getting really, really good at predicting hurricanes and tsunamis, and we're getting better at protecting communities from their destruction, but we are still unable to stop them. Only God can control the wind and the seas. And when the disciples see someone walking on the water towards them, they assume as a ghost, and they are afraid. The wind and the waves don't particularly scare them. But Jesus does. And I think that's fair. Jesus is defying the laws of nature. He should not be able to walk on water that is not frozen, and yet he is. 
And immediately Jesus yells out to them, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Take heart. Have courage. Have faith. It is I. And this, it is I. Jesus is calling himself, I am Yahweh, the name of God that Moses heard out of the burning bush. Jesus claims his identity as God while he is walking on the water towards his disciples. Which, in this moment, I'm not sure that this news would make me any less afraid. We are to fear and love God, and it is more than a bit terrifying to have God walking across the water towards you. And the story continues with verses 28 through 33. Peter answered Jesus, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Jesus said, come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened and began to sink. Peter cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped Jesus, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Maybe Jesus is seeming too much like God and not enough like their dear teacher and friend, So Peter says, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. If it is you and you are my rabbi and I am your disciple, help me to be like you and lead my feet out onto the waves. Jesus tells Peter to come and Peter comes. Peter walks on water. But when Peter's noticed the strong wind, he became frightened. So once Peter gets over the initial excitement of walking on water, he takes notice of his surroundings. It's like he thinks to himself, I'm walking on water. And then the reality sets in, I'm walking on water. Peter begins to sink, cries out to Jesus, and immediately, this is the third time that something has happened immediately in this short reading, immediately Jesus reaches out his hand caught him. Caught him like a fish out of water. No matter the distance, Jesus' outstretched arm immediately gets to Peter. And Jesus asks Peter, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And I wonder how we should hear this question. We might be inclined to hear it as a judgment or an insult. But we also know that Jesus believes that even a mustard seed of faith is enough. So being called of little faith isn't really an insult. Being of little faith is enough. It is more than enough. But Peter does not answer Jesus, and before we know it, They are on the boat with the other disciples, safe and sound. And those on the boat worship Jesus, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. 
this experience leads them to confess Jesus not just as a healer and a magical producer of bountiful meals, but as the very Son of God. And they worship Jesus on the boat like they would worship God the Father in the temple. As you continue to think about this story, I invite you to consider, is there something particular in the stories of the Gospels that leads you to confess that Jesus is God's son and that he's not just an amazing healer or a great preacher? What sets Jesus apart? Is it his ability to control the natural world, his power over death, his wisdom and understanding? What leads you to confess that Jesus is more than human, that Jesus is the beloved Son of God? As we hold these questions in our hearts about who Jesus is and who Jesus is for us, let us pray. God of the wind and waves, even the seas obey you. In the midst of the chaos of our world and the chaos of our lives, set our eyes on you. Turn our attention to you and give us a little faith, a little faith to trust that you have us all firmly in your grip. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Blessings, my brothers and sisters in Christ.